Hello, church family. Uh, today we are in Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 37. Shorter portion than what we're used to. And uh, just to kind of keep you up to speed where we're at, this is right after when Peter and John were arrested and they were told by the, the Jewish authority to, to never uh, talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ ever again. And uh, they said no. They reported this back to the church. And the result of the church was praying and they're asking the Lord to give them the grace to be able to continue to tell people about Jesus and how even the things that they're experiencing were all part of God's divine plan. And uh, the result of those prayers that the Holy Spirit entered into them and they were able to go and continue to speak boldly to, the, uh, uh, to those around them. And this part of this portion in the end of chapter 4 is almost like a little, not detour, but just a more insight into what was going on in the life of the church. Um, back then, and I think even for us now, uh, we can't disconnect our spiritual life to the way that we live. It's not, it's not just simply, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe in the tenets of the gospel and things of the truth and biblical theology and all of those things, and it has no relevancy in my life. Uh, it, those two are off, are, they need to be tied together, otherwise your faith is not genuine. Um, you, what you know about the Lord should impact uh, your godliness. If you love Jesus, then you should be more like Jesus. We see this in this uh, portion here from verse 32 to 37 where their love for truth, their love uh, for the Lord, it's translated in the way that they, they love one another in truth and in deed. It's not just simply something that they believed, but, this, it, but it goes beyond just uh, knowledge. Because you can actually be someone to have a complete comprehensive understanding of the Bible and yet uh, reject it in your life. You know, atheists can do that. You know, people that are defending other faiths can do the same thing. They can have an intellectual understanding of the Bible, but yet they can still be people that choose to reject and live according to Scripture. But as Christians, we should know that our lives must be connected to what we know about the Lord and vice versa. It cannot be disconnected. Your faith is never disconnected from your daily life. We see that here in the church. Uh, Acts chapter 4 verse 32, and in the congregation of those who believe were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to them was his own, but all things were common property to them. Now this, this is one of those passages that liberal Christians tend to use when it comes to why we need to have like a socialistic society. Now the problem with that is that, first of all, that's the world and not the church. The church can operate in these ways because we understand that all the things that we have are not our own, and we need to go in and care for those that are in need. And back then, you know, Christians were not necessarily the most wealthiest, at least not after they become saved. Um, some may have had wealth before they became a believer, and over time it became evident that they're willing to give all of those things up to care for those that are in the church. So that's why I think liberals, people that read this or passages like this, they get it wrong because they're speaking in terms of a societal thing when, they don't, when there's no commonality. It's just, oh, we need to just give things to everyone and that's it. Whereas a Christian, we can, do, we can give all things to everyone because our commonality is in Christ. Uh, this isn't to say that we shouldn't help the poor outside the church. It's just to say that there is a understanding that we need to care for those that are in the family of God. Verse 30, and with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the, of the Lord Jesus, and abundantly grace was upon them all. And it's because like all of the grace that you see in their life is why they're willing to share the abundance with other people. They understood that Christ came, uh, 
came into this fallen world, giving them eternal life, something that they can never obtain in this life, something that's more valuable than money. Um, and we even see this early on when Peter and John was telling the, the lame man that he didn't have money to give, but what they can offer them, offer him is what he needs the most, and that is the gospel. The, ch the church grew not because of some sort of practical thing, but they grew because of the power of the, the Holy Spirit working in the teaching of the apostles. They, they taught, and the church grew, and then their, their love for the Lord grew as well, and then they cared for each other. Verse 34, for there are not, th there were, for there was not a needy person among them. For all who were owners of land and houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them in the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as they had need. So he, this is really cool because in the church, um, they didn't care about the material needs anymore. Part of the way that they wanted to invest in the eternal things was invested in the people of, 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 of the church. Uh, they saw needs and they were willing to give up whatever they have so that other people's needs were met. And this is a huge sacrifice. Now, in our culture, in our day and age, it's very hard to imagine stuff like this because we live in so, in so much abundance. There's so much social, even government things that are willing to help people that are poor that it makes it hard for people to share because we're so used to having so much and there's there's no, um, you know, there's there, we have so much safety nets that keeps people from needing to care. But back then in the early church, it was not that way. Um, you know, these people were not wealthy people. And the fact that there were people that were willing to give up property and, and inheritance to those that otherwise would be strangers. But because of their love for the Lord, because of their love for Jesus Christ and the way that they care for one another, it was very, very different. It was radical uh, back then in that day to be willing to give up your, your money for each other. Um, that's why I think in the early church, a lot of the Christians were known as loving because they're willing to care for what again the what outward outside people see as just strangers like what do you, why would you care for this person who just came into your life and it's because they understand that there's something more important than than just some sort of social structure or even blood relation but that there's a unity that they have in jesus christ uh, james talks about this in james chapter 2 um verse uh, 18 but for but someone may well say you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you uh, my faith by my works. Actually, even before that, um, verse 15, of a brother or sister is without clothing in need of daily food, and one of you says, says to them, Go in peace, be warm and be filled, and yet do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? So there's an understanding even from James in the early church that it's pointless to just go and, and just say, like, Oh, I care about you and not have any needs. Uh, and not have their needs met. First uh, John verse three verse eighteen. But whoever has the world's good and sees the brother in need uh, and closes heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? See, it's normal for the Christian to care for each other. It's normal for the Christian to be willing to give up whatever. If they see a need in the church, if you see a brother or sister that are hurting, they're willing to give those things up so that their needs are met. All the church's needs are met, and they and, and this implies also that they understood that there was a need. Um, they gave it to the leaders, the elders, the apostles here, the apostles distributed to those needs. Um, that means that they, uh, people had to communicate with the apostles, hey, what the needs are. And I remember last year during the pandemic, especially in the beginning, we, the elders and everyone else was encouraging people, hey, if you have any financial needs or any food, let us know uh, so that we can get those things for you. Um, we didn't want people to starve. We wanted to be able to take care of our people. And we encouraged that if, they, if there's a need, you had to let us know. 
And I think that's normal, that it's a very prideful thing for you to say, oh, I have a need and don't express those needs. Because uh, how would people know? You know, we don't have like a way to be omniscient. So you have to let the leaders know. Um, even in the end, James has said someone is sick. You need to uh, let the elders know so they could pray over them. Um, it's not fair to criticize elders and pastors for unloving, being unloving if they don't know how or even there's any needs. I think that's why, um, there, at least in terms of the early church, there, wasn't, there weren't any needs because they let their needs know. They told the leaders, hey, I don't have food for this day. I don't have uh, clothing. Can you please help me? And then the elders, the loving, a faithful, uh, faithful elders that, are, um, that the, whole, the Holy Spirit dwells are, is willing to be generous, is willing to care for those that are in need. Um, that's what we want to be too. We want to be people let our, need, our needs known to leaders so that the leaders can go and, and serve whatever means that they can. Verse 36. Um, now Joseph, a Levite of uh, Scythian birth, uh, Cyprian birth, who was uh, called Barnabas by the apostle, which translates means sons of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostle's feet. So it goes, this, this is a very strange kind of like uh, interjection. Like here's something that uh, about this person named Joseph or Barnabas. Um, we, we, we know that he's part of a, a Levitical tr uh, line, which means that not every Jewish person rejected Jesus Christ. But for some, somehow, this person is brought in. And I think the significance of him in, the, him in the entire book is that he is known as someone that's very generous and merciful. And he will come into play when, when Paul becomes saved. Because the moment Paul becomes a believer, it is very hard for people then to love or trust Paul because Paul used to kill them. And, and Barnabas was the one that, you know, he had so much faith in the Lord and trust in the Lord that he, his, his mercy and grace extended to someone that was essentially a terrorist to the Christians in the early church. And he was willing to do it. And this is, this is a consistent scene in his character, that he loved the Lord, and he loved God's people, and he's willing to do, find practical ways to meet their needs. And that's my encouragement to you as you think about uh, serving in our church, is that you want to find ways to care for those that are in need. Now, some of you, the Lord will have given more, and others you have less. And for those who have more, understand that it is a stewardship the Lord has given you to care for those and not to just invest in yourself, but to care for other people, that you meet their needs, whatever it may be. And for those that are in need, that it's it's only prideful that you only that you keep that to yourself. Let the church know so that the church is able to meet those needs and care for you uh, because that's what we are here for. We have resources because the Lord has given those to us and we want to do our best to care for you uh, in the best way that we can. And I think this is just a principle that we can draw from here that the church needs to care for each other, that caring is evident uh, by the way that we um, share things that we have to and with one another. Again, we live in a society where that seems like a, well, we don't need to because all of these other safety nets. But there will come a time where, where being a Christian will not benefit us socially. Um, and, and the needs of the church uh, is going to be greater. And, 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 you know, letting those needs met is going to be a demonstration of God's love for the individual and also corporately as a whole. And I hope that that's what we'll be, a, a, a church that cares or will continue to grow, continue to go and care for those that are in need. I hope that this is helpful. Um, and we'll actually, the next episode is we're going to see a contrast of what happens when people don't want to do those needs. Um, that's the fate of Ananias and Sapphire. But again, I hope that this is helpful and I hope that this encourages you to love the Lord and to love one another better as you listen to the hearing and teaching of God's Word. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a great day.